Hello and welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein, flying it solo again this week. Igor has too many things going on, can't make it. Uh, but of course, we're going to get you a podcast. We have a, a trio of interviews for you this week. Looking ahead to the final eight in Nizhny Novgorod, we have head coach Stefanos Dedas from Hapol. Uh, Unit Credit Halon, uh, Alex Renfro, their opponent uh, from Heredias and Pablo Burgos. And then the third interview is with Ishwain Wright from Sig Strasberg. With those three interviews, we're going to keep the other content uh, dialogue, if you will, uh, short. Uh, of course, we had the draw and uh, we'll get a little bit into it this week. Uh, but uh, I'm going to save that a uh, little for the uh, little closer to the final eight. I'll give you a couple thoughts uh, in, in, in a couple of minutes. Uh, checking out the website right now, there is the uh, – I wrote a piece on Lubos Kovar, uh, homegrown feature about the young talent for Aaron Nimburg. And then uh, also right now going up on the site are pieces on the dynamic duos – uh, looking at the uh, sort of two a two man game from each of the uh, from each of the final eight matchups, there is actually a bit of news besides the draw. Uh, we had uh, Sergio Hernandez uh, step down at uh, Casa de Montsaragosa for personal reasons. Obviously, um, Hernandez took over the team uh, early on in the season and, uh, his, uh, heading back to, uh, Argentina and, uh, taking over for him is Luis Casimiro, who most recently coached at Unicaja Malaga. Uh, so Saragossa will have a few games in the, in the, uh, in the ACB to kind of figure out, um, what what uh, Casemiro wants to do with the team and and I mean it's a team that that you know kind of you know can't run by itself with so many different uh, leaders on that team uh, but uh, that's going to be an interesting dynamic uh, of course that's something that we'll talk about in depth with the uh, with the draw uh, later on in the uh, in the coming weeks uh, so the draw obviously we have uh, Nizhny Novgorod uh, these are the Thursday. Uh, May 5th matchups host Nizhny Novgorod facing Saragossa, Casa de Montsaragossa, and in the night camper that uh, is ERA Nimburg against Pinar Kashiyaka. And uh, on the Friday games, Lenovo Tenerife is playing Sig Strasbourg. And the final quarterfinal is uh, Halone against Burgos. Uh, just... Just some really, really quick thoughts. Um, you know, obviously the, the Nizhny Novgorod Saragossa matchup, you know, we've seen it twice already this season. Uh, very early on, Nizhny was, uh, was snake bitten with the COVID and I think had only eight or nine guys, uh, in, uh, Saragossa and, and you had the buzzer beater by Ennis to, to win the game. And then the return game, uh, in Russia went to overtime. Uh, so you know you're gonna definitely be looking at um, uh, some some exciting some excitement on that one. That's gonna be the first quarterfinal as well. Uh, Nimburg Kashiaka, you know, just looking at uh, some of the Nimburg's comments, 
I I think it's they're 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 getting close to putting up bulletin material for Karshiaka saying that they kind of you know don't mind uh, Karshiaka uh, wasn't their first choice, but uh, saying that that uh, uh, that they you know that they you know that they they think that they are the favorites coming in they just and they're going to use their deeper rotations uh, rotations in one game. You know, you if you have uh, eight nine guys, it's you know it could be enough. Um, you know, it's, you know um, the game. You know, how it depends how it flows and whatnot. But um, uh, so they're they're getting close to putting bulletin material uh, uh, for for Karshiaka. So and Tenerife Strasbourg. You know, these are two teams that have been around uh, the entire life of the of the competition. You know, Tenerife. Uh, I'm gonna have loads of games um, and. Uh, We'll break it down. We'll break it down uh, later. Uh, so, or with Six Strasberg, we did talk to Ish Wainwright a little bit uh, in in the podcast uh, interview, and then the two the two teams in the final quarterfinal alone. Burgos, you know that it's one game. You know Burgos might be the nominal favorite going into that, and uh, but one game alone is playing fantastic. Burgos. Burgos is really struggling right now at the moment, as we talked to Alex Renfro about, and uh, you know they have to find their way. They they did beat uh, Saragossa, uh, but they've lost four of their last five at the time of the recording in the ACB, and so you know it's uh, it's things are things are a little bit uh, uh, problematic right now in in Burgos as as we talked to. Uh, as we talked to um, Alex Renfro about, so um, let's let's get to the interviews then. And and uh, and uh, the first one is uh, Stefanos Deiras, the the Halone head coach. Uh, I'd say one of the front runners, uh, well, not definitely one of the front runners in the in the um, coach of the season uh, award. So here's the, the interview with that, and we'll catch you on the other side. All right. So on the show this week, we have Stefanos Deras, the head coach at Hapol Unit Credit Halon. Coach, uh, thanks for taking some time. Uh, thanks a lot for your uh, uh, invitation. I'm happy to to talk with you about everything. Um, I guess let's let's first start off. Congratulations on on reaching the final eight. Uh, we'll we'll get to your opponents. Uh, in a little, but maybe just your first off, your your thoughts about achieving that, and maybe what you think it means to the club. Oh, as I said, uh, for us uh, uh, qualifying for after the first round of the first group was uh, something that the team didn't achieve to be at the beginning of top sixteen, so it was already achievement for us. Then, uh, even if we had a very tough group, I think the toughest group on top 16, uh, we managed to make uh, uh, very good wins uh, against Brindisi, Karshiata and Tofas. We beat all of them away and Brindisi home. And uh, uh, the final eight uh, from a long, long uh, shot become uh, like reality. And also we are uh, very happy. And I think uh, everyone is uh, very, very hung- hungry for uh, we can go a little bit more. Uh, we know it's not, now that things get tougher and tougher. And uh, all this season, 
all this season we had a tough, uh, tough pro, okay, because it's a specific season, you know, we, we, mm-hmm. we had to meet with Ike after the top 16, the, the other teams that I mentioned from Turkey and Italy, and now we have the champion, the, the last champion of the PCL, so our way is not like the path was, uh, was and still is very difficult, but we try to enjoy and to play our basketball and we will see what will happen. Looking, looking through the, the 12 games for this club in the regular seasons and playoffs, six games have been decided by six points or fewer, uh, including the last three by two points. Um, and, and Halone has won, uh, five of those, the last five of those games. Um, I guess what's, what's this team's secret of executing in the clutch? For sure, we have a uh, experienced team. Uh, all our first units are guys uh, around 30 and above with, with a very, let's say, uh, rich CV for this level, especially Guy Mini, who all of you guys know that last moment uh, he make a great place to score or create for the others. So one th- one thing is uh, the experience. The other thing we have is uh, a very good chemistry, and we don't uh, we don't break, you know, on the tough moments. We trust each other, and the fact that we have every time different leaders uh, on the scoring or on the general contribution, uh, the good chemistry bring you, let's say, a little bit basketball luck. You know, because when 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 everybody is, uh, is uh, you know connected and good, we are good each other, uh, make us look a little bit lucky. But uh, the luck is something that you you challenge with the general uh, picture, the practice atmosphere, the roles, and like it's for sure. Uh, uh, we ha- we don't have the pressure, especially on the second round, on the top 16. We didn't have the pressure because we already felt that we were successful. So the lack of pressure also and the amazing support of management and fans, even if they couldn't follow our game live, except a couple of them on the end, uh, make us uh, look very, uh, very efficient on the class time, like you said. Um, you, you mentioned Guy Panini. Uh, I think he, I think he even outdid himself in the two games against Brindisi, hitting the long three pointer in the first game in Italy, and then feeding Maxime uh, with one point seconds left in overtime. What's it like having a guy like him uh, on on uh, to, to lead your team? Oh, uh, guy, uh, guy Panini is a is a player that uh, he carry a lot of trophies in his. Uh, Let's say armor, he, he's a profile and he's a very intelligent player and personality. And uh, the fact that we don't have real point guard this year, as you know, in the Israeli league, we can have only four, four imports. So I cannot cover all positions with imports like the other teams can do with six, seven foreigners. So I want to tell you, he replaced the brain of the point guard, even if he don't have the ball. He chose a lot of times the place on the on the second half, on the last part, which is away from our bench. He make a uh, good decision on the things that we work, and uh, 
honestly, is my my right hand in the offensive uh, the offensive end. It's my right hand. It's the real point guard, but without uh, without dribbling. If you if you understand what I mean. Yeah, so, sure. Uh, it's a luxury. It's a luxury for sure. He's the old. I mean, he's not so good athlete. Uh, but uh, basketball, that's why it's beautiful because everybody can contribute with his uh, strengths eh? and if you're smart, you can cover your weaknesses. So uh, it's very nice to have uh, guys in my team. And uh, really, at the clutch time, I feel comfortable uh, having him and uh, all the other group that is very good connected, as I said in the beginning. We we like to introduce our interview partners to the the fans and and uh, so you're, you're from you're from Kilkis in in, uh, in in northern Greece. Uh, your brother your brother played basketball professionally and is now a coach as well. Um, and uh, you actually started your basketball your your coaching career uh, at at just nineteen. Uh, maybe just uh, a little bit about your background, how you found basketball. Obviously, Greece is such a basketball country. Um, you know, and maybe why did you start to 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 become a coach at, at such a young age? No, so, you know, I I used to play. I used to be you know player in my region, uh, but very early in the end of 15, 16, I realized that I want to be I want to be coach because I want to have the control of the game. I didn't have the patience and the maybe the abilities to be players, but. Uh, from very young age, uh, everybody, also my coaches, forcing me to to become a coach. On the on the age of 17, 18, two years, I, I took over my uh, you know my region, my cadets and uh, junior teams. Uh, I was already almost same age with the players that I have to coach in the beginning. Then uh, Pauk, which is the, big, the one of the big teams in the in our area in North Greece. Uh, so my talent and they put me on the age of 19 in the first team to be assistant in the beginning and uh, I spent there three years and that was the beginning uh, the big door that I passed to follow this path uh, professionally uh, so my passion my my very very early uh, approach to the sport right from the coaching perspective uh, make me to you know force me to decide for me to decide to be like this. I did professionally this job 20 years, almost 20 years now, and I think I feel lucky, blessed, and for sure uh, I feel proud of myself because uh, it's not easy uh, in my age to to have collect so much experiences, big games, big competitions, national teams, Eurobasket, World Cup, Final Four. Uh, Euro Cup, uh, uh, gr- uh, working in great championships like Turkey was in Russia, BTB, and now in Israel. Uh, I'm full of uh, great uh, experiences. At the same moment, I had the opportunity to work with uh, uh, great coaches uh, like David Blatt, with like Yuras Dovch, uh, Katsikaris, and uh, many others. So. Uh, even if I feel that uh, I have a lot of energy still eh, because of my age, I feel that uh, I took the right decision and my strategy as a coach to combine head coach job with assistant from the time to time uh, gave me the opportunity to be 20 years in a, in a good level here and there. 
so it is what it is uh, for sure. Uh, the fact that I'm uh, in the age of 39, I have so much uh, experience behind me, so great cooperation with the great players, NBA players, winner, Euroleague winners, and uh, high-level coaches and players, for sure uh, is advantage for me. And uh, with every opportunity, I try to transfer to any team I have in front of me huh? to to pass my passion and my my experience. Well, you 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 covered a lot of your career there. I do want I want to go in, in, into a couple of those highlights. Uh, uh, jump to the summer of two thousand nine. Uh, you mentioned Juro uh, Dovic. Uh, you were the assistant coach for him with the Slovenian national team. Uh, and, and he was actually your head coach uh, at uh, Heraklis. You were the assistant there in 2005. Um, Slovenia lost to Serbia in overtime in the semifinals and then lost to your home country, Greece, in the third place game. And, and uh, uh, the only the other two games, I mean, the only other game you lost was to eventual champions, Spain. Uh, and that okay. was also in overtime. Uh, how do you How do you look back on that great run uh, that Slovenia had, uh, I'd say, until until Serbia ended up beating you guys. It was amazing uh, because we started preparation that year, 2009. Uh, we had a lot of stars. It was the first, uh, let's say, reunion of all the available players wanting to play to you know to participate in the national team. The team was full with NBA players: uh, Brezet, Vujacic, uh, Dragic. Uh, even Lorbeck, who was rising at this period after Chesterka to Barcelona, and uh, uh, we had experience play like Golemac, like uh, Udrich, or uh, Widmar. Okay, that time was young. I want to tell you that was an amazing roster, but we didn't have good chemistry in the beginning of the preparation. Uh, and uh, But Jure always telling me, because he had experience as a player on these competitions, that uh, you built your character in the tournament, not before. Huh? So that was our key. Step by step, we fought, we fought amazingly. We beat Serbia 20 points. We beat England not very easy in the first group. Uh, or while England also have Great Britain have also very nice roster uh, that period. Eh? If you remember, with uh, NBA players. Uh, Bonsu and I'm going to tell you a tough group. Uh, we lost in overtime uh, Spain. Uh, then, if I remember, we beat Lithuania, Poland, and uh, Lithuania, Poland, and uh, Turkey on Turkey. the second group in Katowice. Right. And then we go to quarterfinal with Croatia. Uh, Slovenia never made the final four since they became a uh, independent country. You know, from '92, three they never won the knockout. Stage, even pre Olympics knockout, they have this complex, let's say, uh, against Croatia. I remember this. Uh, we were down also 12, 14 points, and we saw the same uh, movie, you know. But uh, we reacted very good in that game, which was a historical game for Slovenia. And with the clutch time, you know, we had a short jumper from uh, Boki, from Nasvar, and we qualified to final four, and then we played an amazing game against Serbia, which was, uh, to be honest, I never watched the game, you know, from like, it's all already 12 years, 13 years, I don't know, I don't, I don't have the power to watch this game again, you know, because it was so, 
so frustrated because it was a split of the second you got a medal eh? and uh, having players like I mentioned plus Lakovic plus I don't know have amazing roster I forgot Euroleague winners you know imagine the roster we had uh, and uh, you know it was like this uh, and finished like you said with the Greece against Greece uh, with an ugly game of 55 points each Right. Uh, with two teams very tired. Okay, that tournament was the last tournament that they did. The FIBA decided to give little bit days off between the games because the players were exhausted, injured. You remember after we, they, they changed the format, they give more space to to the players. If you remember eh? that period, we play every day. Mm-hmm. It was very tough, but uh, the, the the picture was generally amazing. But, uh, you know, in the end, I think we deserve a medal, but this is sports. Eh? And every time, only the next day is important. Uh, you you spent the next two seasons then at Aris, uh, assistant uh, coach, uh, you mentioned already, Katsakaris, uh, Blatt, uh, Drucker as well. Um, and then Yura came calling and you, you went uh, to Russia, to Spartak St. Petersburg, uh, and, and then two seasons there followed him and went to Gaziantep in Turkey for two seasons. Uh, yeah. Maybe what uh, what was the connection uh, that, that was so the bond uh, that was so strong that uh, that made you want to uh, hook up with him again? Yure uh, is uh, you know very well. He's a basketball legend as a player and a very good coach. He was. We almost uh, start to be head coach while I was with him. I mean, he, his first steps as a head coach we did together um, because I never played on the high level eh? and I'm more uh, offensive-oriented coach. He's more uh, experienced because of he was ex-player high level and uh, more defensive-oriented uh, coach who had a great uh, chemistry because we are completely different. So... Uh, for me, I like this uh, cooperation because he was covering my somehow my weaknesses. Because if you don't play on the high level, you cannot see you cannot see through the eyes of the ex-player. You know the, the player, even if I have feeling of the players and everything, because I'm from the kid on the locker room of the big team. You recover me, cover this, uh, let's say gap. And uh, we had great chemistry. We make amazing seasons in uh, Spartak. We finished third in the league in Russia, the highest ever take. We go final four uh, with only one loss against uh, Bandit with a game that it didn't matter. Uh, Yure became the coach of the year in Euro Cup. Uh, and we lost from Kimki in Kimki. The first uh, real game we, uh, we lost it was in April. So. An amazing season eh? with uh, Patrick Beverly, with Jotam Kalperin, Mavrik Palidis, Dragicevic, and a uh, few, few good Russians. Uh, generally, uh, like you said, we have great bond and we continue to Turkey. We wanted to open a new page to our career. And uh, that time, Turkey was the best league in the Europe, maybe together with Spain. Uh, big budget, great team, great foreigners in Turkey. That, that period. So uh, it was a challenge to us to, to get the Gaziantep. We spent two years there uh, together. We made the FIBA uh, Final Four in Euro Challenge in Bologna when Reggio won it. We lost from them uh, in the semis. 
Um, and the, the third year, the beginning of the season, Jure had an offer from Ike. So he decided to go. I was uh, planning to go back to Greece, you know. But because he didn't have a, any term in his contract for buyout, the only thing that the Gaziantep asked from, from Jure is to let me continue the team, you know. So this is how I started. Jure called me and he said, you have to stay. I need to go to Athens by myself. And I think as Jantep, I already knew the team. And that's how I started on uh, 2015 in uh, I think, the uh, middle of December. Uh, and, the, and I took Jure's place in the best possible way. Means that he told me, you have to take it, you know, to help him release him from the Gaziantep. You know, that was the story. And it was amazing because he left uh, Friday or Saturday and Monday, my, my first game was against, uh, as a head coach, was against uh, FS of uh, Dusan Ivkovic. That was my first game in Turkey as a head coach. And uh, even if we are down 20 points, we won in overtime. Oh, so my know. first game in Turkey, my first game in Turkey gave me the confidence and the signal that, uh, okay, I'm a good worker, I'm uh, capable, but also the luck gives you the confidence. So because we won with the buzzer beater of Callaway, so it was something amazing for the beginning of me. Uh, for sure, uh, when you left, then I continue my, my way. Since this year, I'm a head coach from 2015 till now. And, you know, Gaziantep, we make back-to-back playoffs. I took the team to BCL uh, the second year. We make the quarterfinal on the FIBA Europe Cup. It was a really great uh, place for me to start the, my, my head coach career abroad because I had uh, three, four years of, uh, in Greece in the second division, third division when I was really young uh, to get experience. Uh, but the real uh, senior uh, teams like the serious job as a head coach started, as I said, in Gaziantep and this helped me to, to be present on the high level till uh, today, and and then uh, the uh, November t- t- November two thousand seventeen, so the beginning of seventeen eighteen season, uh, you guys had a um, at the Gaziantep. You ended up having a, a slow start, and when were released, and you were picked up by the second division team, uh, Bachatsir, and uh, and you took them right uh, to uh, promotion right away, and then that uh, first season, you just barely. Uh, miss the playoffs, and we we see what the that team's been able to do playing in in Euro Cup this season. Uh, and then uh, 2019, uh, you ended up leaving, and that's when you and that's when you landed at uh, Halone, uh, and you were you were replacing uh, Sharon Durker, your uh, former head coach. You were assistant for him. Uh, what what were your thoughts about going to Israel, and then and then also coaching in the Basketball Champions League? Uh, first of all, when I left uh, from uh, Bakhtushekir, it was just a uh, financial reason because I had a very good contract and the current in euros and the currency was uh, always against the team, you know, Turkish Lira. And the more I stayed, the more money they had to pay. And we might we'll find a mutual agreement with the club, with Bakhtushekir. Uh, I got my big part of the contract that uh, supposed to finish supposed to finish uh, this this year, you know. I had uh, one and a half year more. 
I took some uh, part of the money and uh, I left. And uh, at the same moment, Cologne was looking for a coach. Uh, we had the meeting. Uh, they called me to Israel. We had the meeting. I go back to Greece and they called me back to take over to take over the team. And that's how how I, how how it starts. Uh, I wanted to to explore another market after Turkey. After Turkey, been seven years and. Um, when I watch Cologne uh, with the great fans, great facilities, great people, uh, even if I was a little bit skeptical about Israel, when I visit and we have meetings, and I was sure that uh, this uh, team is great fit for my philosophy and my temper and everything. And uh, that's how we started. We make good wins in the BCL, but they already feel that they're going to be out, but we make some. We beat uh, Strasbourg, Torun, and uh, Manresa away, which was uh, really hard this period in Spanish league. Was big win, three wins in a row, and with a dramatic end, uh, we lost uh, Le Tabellis yeah. in the last second. So the BCL part was, like I said, sweet and bitter on the end. But at the same moment, we were winning everything in the league and from uh, the, the uh, tenth spot. That was the team when I took it. We finished the fourth spot in the regular season. When the regular season finished, the Corona started also. And that's how the first year finished, like three and a half months. It was really nice. Uh, uh, I connected with the club. They liked my job and they offered me a new contract. And uh, in the end of May, to continue the season. And during this season, in January or, Feb- January or February, um, they offered me one more extension. So... The facts by itself, themselves, um, uh, how to say, shows that show that uh, we have a great uh, fit between me, the fans, the management. They like the way we play because we play a basketball that is not so, uh, how to say, like common. Eh? We play uh, a system that uh, I used to play also in Turkey, and uh, this is what they like in Cologne. Uh, have players with confidence, with the spacing, with the five players outside, with uh, a lot of three-point shots, and a different leader every time. So all this package uh, makes me feel a uh, long home. So that's the reason also my comfort, uh, comfort here and the good adjustment uh, make us, I think, uh, successful. And, and uh, let's go back to before this season, uh, you uh, last season, then you took over the team that you had been you had been given, and basically you you totally re redid it. Uh, Panini stayed, uh, also uh, Ayahon stayed as well, <clears throat> even though he really, he hadn't been able he didn't really play very much uh, this season. Um, but you know you brought in C.J. Harris, Miles McGee, uh, basically the entire team. Uh, you, you mentioned that you like to play sort of a different style of basketball, you know, the guys having a lot of freedom and, uh, and really different ways of attacking teams. Maybe what was your main idea of putting this team together? Uh, look, uh, because, uh, you know, we have one of the lowest budgets in BCL and the Israeli budgets are really low. Uh, even if you see some good names, all of those, all of those guys, they came because they love Israel, Tel Aviv. And they try to combine personal life. You see big names like Pargo uh, in Israel, like uh, Ragland, like that they play for very small money, really small. So 
my thoughts about this team was I had to I had two options, either to bring uh, rookies or young guys who want to to show themselves, or I need to take uh, some experienced guys that uh, have little bit crisis in the market, and they were ready to to open new page, you know, because uh, after 30, I call it like the second youth. Uh, second youth period, you know, you because you open the page for the next of five, six years, right? So uh, I took this opportunity, I explored the market, and uh, that's how we ended with uh, CJ, with Cyrus, with uh, Chris Johnson, with uh, and uh, Miles, okay, who is younger. So my idea is this, to to give to good players opportunity to uh, go higher in the money on the rating. And I'm very proud we did it, you know, because whatever I told them in the summer came came uh, came uh, true for them. Eh? Uh, so uh, the same philosophy was uh, uh, recruiting also Deseu, who was an uh, experienced guy, was not a great uh, couple of years in Obradorio, but because it's my philosophy, guys stretch big. Also, I told him, hey, you play for me, my style, you will enjoy it, you will be very good, and you will uh, maybe prolong your high-level career a few more years uh, with the push of this season. And that was the philosophy of building this team as far as the profile, as far as the characteristic of the team. Uh, like I said, we had four imports. I didn't have the luxury to have four point guards because you cannot have, like I said, five, six foreigners, right? So I collect two, two combo guards that they can shoot and they can drive and they can drop free throws. Uh, our game doesn't need real point guards because the way we play. So I make a shortcut trying to adjust in the budget that we have, you know, in the spot that we need to cover. So that's why I take uh, CJ, you know, CJ and uh, Cyrus, which is completely different type of player, but very good package. Eh? One uh, very athletic, very strong, uh, Cyrus. The other more uh, talented, more... Uh, Elegant, let's say. And so it's a great couple because you have two, two different guards, the great character and great uh, connection between them. For sure, we need to cover the the four, four and five position with the players like Miles, which is a long four that in my system can play the stretch five. And Johnson, who is the guy who can uh, defend one to five and connect the line. Mm. So that was the idea, technically, to it's definitely been fun watching you guys and there's also mentioned all those tight games there's there's a certain element there's been a seemingly a certain element of magic uh to this team um and uh, you guys are going to need some more magic uh we're head let's head to the to the to nizhny novgorod now the final eight uh your opponents are as you mentioned the reigning champions already san pablo burgos uh, obviously, they have so many different ways that they can beat you, and, and also have so much experience. Um, yeah. I, I know everyone's going to say we're in a final eight, and every team here is here for a reason. They're all good, um, but maybe your your thoughts about the quarterfinal, and obviously without giving away uh, secrets. No, for sure, Burgos is a team that uh, they have uh, five big Charles Horton. Starting for the big for the big Kravitz, uh, Sako, uh, Horton, Salas, and I forgot someone. Uh, who is the fifth? Because we count five big. 
Uh, anyway, they are full on big. Yeah. They have big forwards like Salvo. They have a, a shooter, Benite and McFadden. They have two, two poor point guards. They have the luxury to have two point guards uh, experience, uh, Renfro and uh, Cook. For sure, if we're talking about the series or playoffs, you know, like two two or three mm-hmm. wins, for sure the absolute uh, favorite. The fact that it's one game and uh, in 40 minutes, uh, the stronger team, the stronger team, the paper doesn't have the opportunity to show 100% the their uh, how to say their depth. Yeah, that there is the fact that it's a one knockout game. For sure, for sure, it's in our favor. First of all, because they will have the pressure. Second, the way we play, it will be difficult to adjust to us if you don't really know us. So, for us, it's a, it will be fun game uh, to play against Burgos. One more time, they they are the favorites, but we are the the team that they don't have the pressure, and we believe in our philosophy. Uh, we beat this year a lot of good teams, including Maccabi and Jerusalem twice. So I think uh, doesn't really matter who we play, the way we play. I mean, we try to give this confidence to our players. So we try to be competitive. For sure, it will need uh, we will need some uh, tricks, some uh, good scouting, some uh, risks, some decisions in order to in order to make uh, this uh, difficult game to be a realistic uh, target for us. It will not be easy, but for sure we will come hungry and uh, very ready in 40 minutes to surprise uh, Europe one more time. And, and you're going to Russia without, uh, not just to be there, you know, you guys are going there with the with the, the ultimate goal of to, to win it. Uh, to In order to do that, uh, you you have a Friday, uh, you have a Thursday quarterfinal, and then you're set for the second. You would be set for the second semifinal on Friday, so le- probably less than 24 hours or, or whatever, um, and then Sunday the final. So short lineup, everything else uh, that that you have. Um, maybe is there, you know, I mean, this one you can be short. I mean, do you think at all about the 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 second matchup at all? And basically, though, the the main the main final question is. What would it mean for you and for this team um, and organization to uh, on on Sunday hoist that hoist the trophy? For us, for sure, the path is very difficult. As you said, first of all, the draw one more time was the diff- the more difficult possible. Uh, Tenerife uh, is a great team that I think they're going to beat Strasbourg with all respect. And uh, before this, so we had the champion of the BCL <laughs> in the groups. We had the finalist, Ike. We had the top team in uh, Italy, the second best team in Italy, the Bowman, Karsiaka, who is over, Fener, we were beating. I mean, all the all this year was very tough for us. We didn't have the luck, let's say, because it's draw, and in draw you need luck. But uh, this is, this took away the pressure this mm-hmm. year. So the same thing happens with the. Uh, with Burgos, and if we qualify Tenerife. I have to remind that Tenerife beat, uh, I don't know, last period three times Burgos, maybe also in the Copa del Rey, in the two times in the BCL, in the league. So Tenerife is even stronger than than uh, Burgos. So 
and the depth of their bench on the Spanish teams because they have better domestic players, more imports. It's, uh, I cannot say it's not fair, but it's not for sure equal. You know, but as you mentioned, we have a short rotation of eight players, nine players because of our budget. And uh, for sure, I don't have a, I don't have in the back of my mind the semi-finals because uh, it's so big a uh, hurdle this Burgos. Mm -hmm. I cannot think the next day. You know, positive, negative. I don't know. I I don't think at all. To be honest, if we we if we beat Burgos and we go to final four already, huge success. We will continue. Uh, we will continue our success. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, you know, BCL. Uh, it's uh, if you if you see the definition of the BCL means uh, L means league, but this is not, this year. Uh, it's not a league. It's a it's a cup, you know, because with a couple of mistakes you are out. If it's league, it's playoffs, three games, three wins. You know what I mean? Yes, you have the name of the league, but it's more like a cup, right? If you, with all respect, if you know what I mean, so. For underdog teams like us, it can work. So it's in our favor, the, the format in our favor. Imagine that we have to play off with Burgos, how difficult it will be for us, or Tenerife. Or... So we will try to take advantage that it's a 40 minutes final, 40 minutes uh, knockout. Try to show our strengths, right? And cover our weaknesses. Uh, and this is, this is the whole about uh, our team cover the weaknesses and so on. All right, fantastic. Uh, Coach Stefanos Dedas from Hapol Unet Credit alone. Uh, I know you're you're probably uh, having headaches trying to figure out what you need to do to beat uh, Burgos. Uh, good luck on that. Uh, look forward to uh, seeing you guys um, and the effort you put together in uh, in Nizhny Novgorod. Uh, and thank you so much for, for taking some time. Uh, thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to express my my thoughts about the team, and I'm really proud of what we did so far. So let's hope for one more miracle. All right, thanks, coach. Okay, thank you, thank you, my friend. Thanks. Okay, so that uh, was uh, Stefanos Dedas. Uh, let, let's move to. The interview with Alex Renfro from Herida San Pablo Burgos. Uh, so we'll talk to you then after that one. All right. So also on the show this week, we have Alex Renfro from Herida San Pablo Burgos. Uh, Alex, thanks for taking some time. No problem. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, I, I appreciate uh, you giving me the opportunity to get on here and uh, speak. So uh, looking forward to it. Um, I guess first let's start off with uh, the, I guess, first goal uh, of the Basketball Champions League season probably has been achieved uh, by reaching the final eight. Uh, maybe just your thoughts about uh, about getting back to the, uh, the, the knockout final eight stage. Um, you know, since, since we finished, uh, since we finished the final eight in Athens, you know, this always has been uh, one of our priorities to make it back to the final eight once again so we can have a chance to uh, see if we could defend our, our crown. Um, you know, so we had a we had a tough stretch in there, man, where where it wasn't looking so bright for us for a second. Um, you know, COVID hit us at a at a very challenging time right there in the playoff round of of 
you know, in this playoff round, you know, the, the COVID really hit us at a, at a tough time. And, um, you know, man, really, really for me, you know, I, I think I would say that we were all kind of, uh, nervous about it, um, uh, you know, about how we were going to do because of COVID and because of, uh, not playing with our full roster. Um, you know, but we stuck together and we, uh, fought through it and, you know, here we are. Let's actually go back to the final. You mentioned Athens. Uh, you you came into a team, you know, that had a really, you know, they'd been really strong in the in the season uh, up until the pandemic hit. Um, what did you What did you think when you joined the club uh, uh, just before the final eight? Um, you know, I, I I was I was very hopeful, man. Um, I was very hopeful. You know, I've been with with coach before and. You know, I know he puts together rosters that are, you know, that that allow guys to do what they do best. And, you know, they're balanced and, you know, we we rely on each other. So I knew we had I knew we were going to have a competitive roster. Um, You know, I was I was eager to find out exactly how we were going to fit together, you know, how the puzzle pieces were going to come together. And, uh, you know, so I was excited for the opportunity coming in. Um, You know, I was very hopeful. You know, I had high hopes and, uh, you know, going into the final eight, you know, and being able to accomplish what, what we did, you know, it was major for us, man. It was major. Yeah, I mean, you you rolled, uh, really have to say you rolled past Jerusalem and, and Dijon and then and then you just, you guys hit a wave of threes, 17 three-pointers in the final against Ike and just pulled away and, and every, every time they thought they had an answer, you had two answers as, as three-pointers uh, just maybe what was it like being on a roll, uh, like that for, as a, uh, as a team really for three games? I think those three games were, you know, that, that has been, uh, you know, basically the, 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 I guess the, the small picture of our entire season, um, those three games we came out and, and I don't think anyone really knew what to expect as to, uh, who was going to carry our team. And I think those three games showed you that our team is very balanced and, you know, we can we can hurt you from a lot of different places. And, uh, you know, like I said, that's been our identity for, for this entire season. And, uh, you know, I think those three games, you know, started it off for us. And how did it feel, man? Uh, 34 years old, first uh, first uh, major championship. Uh, you had been, uh, you had reached the, the the final of the FIBA Europe Cup, and you know, and this is uh, to to hoist the trophy that everybody wants to win once they get into the competition. So, how did it feel? Man, it felt great. Uh, it felt great to be able to accomplish that, man. Um, you know, you say you you try to evaluate your career based off trophies, man, and 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 you get one like this, man, is is huge. Uh, you know, I, I can't explain that feeling, but it was it was a great feeling to be able to come there and and put together three solid games and be able to celebrate that with my teammates and with my my family and my organization. Um, you know, not only was it huge for me personally, you know, it was big for our club, man. It was big for our club, for the club's uh, young history. You know, it was huge, man. So we got to share that opportunity together, man, to start off our, our season. You know, that that that's amazing, man. And and uh, to be able to do that and and kind of gain that momentum that carries over into the season, man, is uh, is, you know, it's unlike anything before man um 
you know, when can you ever say you started the season off with a championship? You know, I don't know, man. I don't know how many instances you can say that. Yeah, not, not many at all. Um, let's let's kind of fast forward uh, warp speed through the the season. The, the, the kind of question I have is um, you had five games that were decided by four points or fewer, and you were three and two in those games. Both of those losses uh, were on the road. You guys dealt with a lot of injuries, and also you mentioned uh, some major COVID problems. How do you think this club did this season in the BCL so far? Also, given the fact that you guys had the target on your back, I mean, I think we've done okay. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we we uh, played exactly how we wanted to and all at all times, but we accomplished our goal. Um, you know, so I think I think that being said, I think we have to be satisfied with that. You know, because basketball is up and down. Um, like I said, man, we had some some very rough patches of the season. You know, COVID really hurt us this uh, in this playoff rounds. You know, it really hurt us. Um, you know, and 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 knowing that that our strength is in our numbers on our team. Um, you know, not having our, our our full roster. You know, that was something that uh, you know really affected us, man. It really affected us. Uh, we're still kind of dealing with the with the with the drawback of it right now. And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're looking forward to getting back to back to our norm, you know, back to normal. But I think to be able to go through that COVID session that we had and, and to still be able to accomplish our goal of making it back to the final eight where, you know, now we know that all we have to do is put together three solid games. Um, you know, I think I think that's 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 good, man. I think that's a testament to how well we've been playing all season. And, uh, you know, we have to be happy with that. Um, now individual games as, as to how we played, you know, I, I, I think there's, uh, I think we left, left a lot on the table. You know, I think we left a lot to be desired. You know, we, we saw a lot of things that we needed to work on, you know, a lot of areas we need to improve. And, uh, you know, like I said, we've just been, we've been trying to improve and, you know, to be able to have the problems that we had and still be you know, be able to achieve our goal. You know, I think that's big. Um, the The club also won the Intercontinental Cup. You were unable to go to South America for that one, uh, dealing with a knee injury. Um, you know, how difficult or whatnot disappointing was that for you? Obviously, happy, hated for, ha- happy for the guys, but... 100% <laughs> hated it. I hated it so much, man. I hated it so much. Um you know, man, I, 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 I love to be with my teammates and, you know, to be able to celebrate the victories and, and also, you know, not, not only celebrate the victories, but, but, uh, you know, kind of suffer through the losses. You know, I love to be able to do that with my teammates, man. I think the losses make you appreciate the wins, uh, that much more. So to, to miss that, man, to miss that trip, you know, to miss that chance to celebrate with my teammates and, and be a part of that game, man, I hated it, man. Also, I really did hate it. Also to see uh, another culture, too. Man, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I've never been to South America, and, you know, I, I don't know if I ever will be. But, uh, you know, just to miss that experience, man, I really hated it. Um, you know, I was happy that we were, we were able to go out there and get a win. You know, that was very important for our team, for our organization. Uh, but me personally, man, I hate it not being a part of. Uh, we like to introduce uh, our, our players and, and coaches, whatnot, to the fans, kind of get them to their background. Uh, you're from Nashville, t- Tennessee. Maybe how did basketball find you? 
you know, I have to give that credit to my family. Um, you know, ever since I can remember, I always had a basketball in my hand. Uh, you know, so I have to give that credit to my family. My, my mother played uh, college basketball, small college basketball, but she played college basketball. My father, you know, he was involved in, in athletics, you know, just all around athletics. Uh, my brother and sister also were the same. Uh, my older brother and sister uh, also were the same. So, you know, I've always had a basketball in my hand. You know, I always played a lot of sports, but I always loved basketball much more than everything else. Uh, you know, so I, I I can say it's been a part of my life, all of my life that I can remember. Um, and and basketball, yeah. basketball role models growing up? Oh, you know, well, first, first I had uh, my, my uncle. I have an uncle that uh, played for the University of Wisconsin. You know, so when I was when I was younger, you know, I really, um, you know, enjoyed being around him and getting his basketball knowledge and and being able to uh, soak up all the information that he had for me. He's also uh, one of the few lefties in my family. So I think this <laughs> must be where my left hand came from. Uh you know, so I, I, I started with my family and then it extended to him. And then after that, you know, I love I always love Allen Iverson. Um, you know, I had the braids like Allen Iverson. You know, I was a small I was a small guy. So, you know, I always uh, tried to emulate him. And then a little bit later, it became Steve Nash, who was also, a, you know, a small guy, but an underdog. You know, so these were my two guys in the NBA that I loved watching and I tried to uh you know, pick up things from them. Uh, you know, so that's my story basketball-wise. And if you ask most people about Nashville, one of the first things they'll probably think about is country music, not necessarily basketball. Uh, we like to ask um, our, uh, our, our, our guests about the scenes where they grow up. Obviously, people know New York City and, and Philly and, and uh, you know, Seattle, whatnot. Uh, talk about the Nashville basketball scene. Uh, ooh, let me see. Uh, <laughs> you know, Nashville, I, I, man, I'm going I'm to take, take some heat for this from my Nashville people, but we've never been known for basketball. Uh, you know, in Tennessee, you know, if you say basketball, it's usually you're usually talking about Memphis. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but recently our basketball scene has been picking up a lot. Hey, you know, Darius Garland, right? Scene. Is he from Memphis, uh, from ten, from Nashville too, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. So we've been picking up a lot uh, recently on our basketball scene, and we have some young guys that are uh, that are really taking the torch and 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 uh, taking it forward. I would say, um, you know, but I don't I don't know if I don't I don't think we have a reputation, a heavy reputation basketball wise, even though I know that within my city, you know, I have a lot of we have a lot of guys who have really done some outstanding things basketball wise. Uh, but like you said, we're music city, man. We're known for the country music. Uh, you know, that is the identity of our city, uh, country music. So um, are you a country you music know, fan? Not at all. Man. I, <laughs> okay. I hate I hate country music, <laughs> but uh, you know I I don't know if if I hate it because you I heard it all don't the time. like the music, or if that I've just had it just just thrown at me for all of my life. Mm -hmm. It's just been rammed down my down my throat. So uh, all right, well, let's know, get off I, that I topic then. 
so so you 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 went to NAI uh, Trevika Nazarene and then and 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 went to Belmont. Uh, both of those are in Nashville, and and so maybe what's it like to play your entire career collegiate career in front of fr- friends and family, which you know a lot of people might not get a chance to do. Uh, you know, I've always been uh, kind of family centered around my family. Um, you know, when I was choosing where I wanted to go to school, I knew I didn't want to go far from home because I wanted to be close to my family. I wanted my family to be able to come to games, you know, you know, very easily come to games. Uh, you know, so that's always been a very important thing for me. Um you know, having my family at the games, you know, now my wife and my children and before my, you know, my brother, my sister, my mom and dad and all of my friends and all of my family members when I touch their areas. You know, that's always been something that's been very important to me. Uh, being able to see that support in the crowd, you know, has been something that that has pushed me beyond, you know, I would say beyond my limits. Um, you know, that's something that's that's important to me uh, personally. So. Uh, that's always something that's in my mind. And, you know, I, I, I kind of make decisions about where I'm going based off of that. And then first step out of, uh, first, uh, uh, stop out of college was, was Favriga in, uh, in Latvia. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you were 23 by then, um, playing Latvian league, Baltic league, Euro challenge and VTB United, uh, league. That's, you know, quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of action, uh, in your first season, uh, in Europe, um, maybe just talk about the adaptation to the European game. Man, I gained, uh, ooh, I gained so much experience that year, man, mm-hmm. playing in all those different leagues, uh, against different teams and diff- different guys, you know, big name teams, small name teams. You know, man, I gained a lot of valuable experience from that year. Um, I wouldn't say adjusting to, European basketball was very hard for me. I wouldn't say that because I, I would say, um, you know, my college team was was very similar to, you know, we played a very similar style of basketball as what we play here in Europe. So, you know, I don't think it was very hard to adjust to the game. Um, I would say the biggest thing was adjusting to being a professional and, um, you know, knowing that, you know, I was kind of, you know, I was my business and, you know, just kind of figuring out that mindset and how to, you know, how to approach that the right way, the most beneficial way. Uh, you know, I think that was probably the hardest adjustment I had when I came to Europe. Um, you know, knowing that you had to do things a certain way at all times because, you know, your money may be affected down the road. You know, that was something that uh, took a big adjustment for me. Um you know, I think that was probably the toughest part. You know, the basketball, you know, seemed to come pretty easy. You know, the mindset and the approach of it, the style of it came pretty easy. Uh, but, you know, that first year, man, it was a it was a it was a tough year, man. It was a tough year. It was a very tough year. Uh, man, we played that year, we played more games than <laughs> more games than I've ever played in any year. So, uh, you know, to be able to just come into it my first year and just get thrown in the fire you know I think that was very important for me um I got to experience a lot of things a lot of ups and downs um you know and I think that set the stage for my career and you know I don't I don't think I would be here without being at that specific team my first year I don't think I would have 
been the places that I would that I that I have been, and you know, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't be going twelve years strong now if it wasn't for Vef Riga. Um, Croatia followed that, then Italian second division, Russia, Spain in the next three seasons, and then you went to Germany uh, with uh, your first experience in the Euroleague uh, with uh, Alba. Um, maybe the biggest challenge and maybe most exciting thing about moving from one country to the next? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, man, just, just getting to see the different styles of basketball, the different cultures. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, the, the styles of basketball, it's amazing how the styles of basketball change from country to country. Uh, you know, I've always been intrigued by that. Uh, you know, I've always, uh, I've always felt like it was it was something that, you know, I, I, I think that if you know beforehand, you can you can definitely help your career out by picking a country uh, style of basketball that is more suitable for you. Um, you know, man, I, I've enjoyed it, man, going from country to country and being able to see new things, man. It, it, it keeps it fresh, man. It keeps it fresh for me. Um, being away from home is, is, is very hard for me to do. Um, you know, I can be honest and say I, I I I love home more than anywhere, and and nothing will ever come close to me being at home. But having this fresh scenery and this fresh culture and this fresh city uh, or situation, you know, I think that freshness has uh, helped me to be able to, uh, you know, kind of endure for so long. Interesting take. Never heard of it, but it makes total sense. Yeah, um, yeah. You've been in Europe. Uh, you've been in Europe basically since 2009, played a number of uh, um, different countries, as we talked about, and, and also uh, developed an understanding of the game. Uh, but in 2015, you played for Bosnia-Herzegovina at the at Eurobasket 2015. You guys uh, just picked up the one victory over Israel in overtime in, in, uh, in France. Uh, maybe talk about the difference of domestic league action. You had had the one season of Euroleague and then the national team level, level just how much of a different level the national team is. Man, I, I can be honest with you. I honestly can't remember. Um, that man, I can't remember, man. I can't remember. <laughs> it was in France. It was, it, it was like, it was it was so short, man. It was so brief. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. It was such a brief moment in my career that, man, it's, it's hard for me to remember. I, re- I remember being in France. You know, I remember, man, I couldn't even tell you who all was in our group. Well, yeah, I can. I can tell you who was in our group. Um, you know, but like I said, it was so brief, man. It was such a such a short turnaround to, to get to national team and to prepare and to go straight into the games, man. It was so short that, man, it was it was like the snap of a finger and it was over. Um, you know, I do remember how big uh, how big that win was against Israel. I do remember how big that was for for Bosnia and how excited every everybody in Bosnia was about it. Um, but like I said, man, it was so brief, man. It was like a snap. It was like you blinked your eyes and it was over. Mm. Uh you know, so I, I can't really comment on it too much, man, besides, that, besides that. That's fine. That's fine. Um, since then, uh, you had two more seasons in, in Germany, um, and then you know, just keeps going. Turkey, Italy, Spain, Serbia, Russia, uh, and that basically went up to the start of the pandemic. Um, the Where I want to go now is in October 2018, I saw you did a ACB 
uh, video with your starting five in Europe. I don't know if you remember this, but you had Richard Hendricks, Jamal McLean, Reggie Redding, Cliff Hammonds, and Jordan Taylor. Yeah. Uh, that's really only three well, it's only two, two and a half years ago. Um, but you know, there's those, those names really aren't that high up on the, on the European landscape. Um, maybe give me an updated starting five, uh, for, for you. Man, I, um, you know, I pick, I pick those guys cause I, I, I love those guys and those are the guys I enjoy playing with. Um, Man, to put me on the spot now, I couldn't do it on the spot, man. If I had to do it on the spot, I would still take those same guys, man. If you gave me some time to think about it like they did, I had some I had some time to okay. think. Okay, there's uh, a secret. <laughs> man, I wouldn't be able to do it on the spot. Is there is there one guy that you say in the, in the that's let's let's say the 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 sixth man, the sixth man award? Uh a uh, uh, a guy that's not on that list that I would pick now? Yeah, sure. Um let me think. Where have I been since then? Since then, I've been in Germany a couple Russia, of years. Germany, Serbia. I mean, right now, if I had to, if I had to pick a guy right now, man, I have to go Omar Cook. <laughs> yeah, I have to go Omar Cook right now. Yeah. Uh, you know the the true sense of a professional. The true sense of a professional. Um, you know, you know, you you know what he's gonna do every game he comes in. You know how he's gonna approach it. Uh, the longevity. Um, you know, he hasn't been doing this uh, for so long for no reason, and I think you see that reason every time you match up with him. Um, ultimate professional. Uh, I think if you could, if you can say you're a you're a point guard and and you're starting your you're starting your professional career, I think he's a dude that you would absolutely need to call and get some pointers from um and take some hints from him and see what he does and you know how he works out and and how he approaches the game and the things that he eats and 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 all of that stuff i think he would be a guy that you would absolutely need to call um you know very well respected uh you know, I, I, I think his name carries weight, man. So, you know, to be able to play with a guy like that, you know, I'm in my 12th year. So it's not like, you know, I'm a new guy. But when I came overseas, you know, Omar Cook was one of the guys that I remember watching. And when I finally got to play against him, it was like, this is Omar Cook. You know, <laughs> I finally get to play against him. Let me talk to him for a second and see, you know, see what he wants to give me and what I need to soak up from him. So, you know, I would definitely say Omar Cook. Uh, one of the things we like to do with these uh, interviews is give our fans a chance to ask uh, some questions uh, from Instagram. We have uh, Rubier Nandiez uh, asks, what's your real name, Alex or Super Alex, uh, since, you, <laughs> since you're the only player who didn't get COVID? Hey, look, man. I, I've been. Hey, I've ta I've taken a lot of stuff for, you know, for these for my COVID protocols and the stuff I do during COVID. Man, a lot of people have been on me, but um, and we probably man, shouldn't have asked this question gonna... because we definitely don't want you to get COVID before. So I'm. I hope... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm not gonna jinx myself. You know, first I I, I give I have to give glory to God, man. I've been blessed. You know, I've been blessed, man. But um. You know, after 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 God, you know, I I, I think that I've been um, 
you know, if you say life is a numbers game, you know, I think I've been playing the numbers. And, uh, you know, the numbers would say, man, you do everything you can possibly do to reduce your risk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, that's what I've been doing. You know, I, I, I don't really go too many places. You know, I try to limit my contact. You know, I keep a mask on, you know, 100 percent of the time that I can. You know, I use sanitizer when it's there. You know, I'm not putting my hands in my mouth or my eyes or anything like that. You know, I just try to do my best to reduce the risk. Um, you know, and I think that the easiest thing for me, I say the easiest thing that you can do is wear a mask. I mean, it doesn't inconvenience me at all, you know, to put my mask on. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, why, why are you wearing your mask? You know, we've all been tested and we're all negative. And, you know, my response to that has always been, well, you know, we are negative, but, you know, you don't know you're positive until you know. And then when you know, it's too late. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no. And there's also false, false, false positives, false negatives. So absolutely. So my, my solution, my, you know, what I would say, my solution to that is that, man, I just keep my mask on whenever mm -hmm. I can. I keep my mask on. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't inconvenience me at all to have my mask. The only time my mask inconveniences me is when I'm running and when I'm out of breath. Yeah. So, of course, when we play five on five, you know, I can't I can't wear it. But, you know, if you say I'm sitting on the sideline or I'm walking around, you know, man, it, you know, it, it, it's almost my norm now for me to have that mask on. And, uh, you know, w when I came into the season, you know, my my wife, you know, she she knew that we were going to be risking ourselves. So, man, we we invested in a lot of masks. So we have bags and bags of masks and people may say it's silly but uh better safe than sorry you know, better safe than sorry and this is what we've been doing all season yeah, yeah and uh between this and god himself you know i haven't been led astray so you know i i i feel like if it's not broken don't fix it yeah. uh all right. So that's that's what I would say. That's my long answer to that. <laughs> Fraser one hundred one two one, and we'll kind of touch on this a little bit later as well. Why are you? It's pretty brutal, pretty uh, harsh, but why are you currently playing so badly? Oh, I'm playing bad right now. I mean, I mean you know, I think it's basketball, man. It's, there's a there are ups and downs in this, and uh, you know, I. I you know, it, um, you know, what I would say is that, man, first off, um, you know, people's evaluation on my game have, have, has never mattered to me, um, you know, because it's like like maybe a week and a half ago, you know, I had some nasty messages come to my family's Instagram, uh, you know, my family's Instagram. You know, I don't have Instagram personally. You know, my wife, you know, she runs an account for my children because my children enjoy you know, being on Instagram and sending pictures to our families and stuff like that. So, you know, I had a very nasty mess, uh, nasty few messages come to my Instagram, uh, my family's Instagram. And, uh, you know, this is what it was talking about, you know, some name calling and how bad I'm playing and this and that. And, you know, it, it, it's something that, you know, it bothered my wife because it was their account and it wasn't my account. But, you know, this is something that's never been uh, important to me. Uh you know, I know that basketball, you know, it's an up and down game. Uh, you can't too, you can't get too high and you can never get too low. Um, you know, so I take it in stride, man. This this game is uh, this game is not perfect, man. It's always uh, moving. Uh, 
you all you can do is go out there and give your best. Sometimes it'll be good. Sometimes it won't. Um, so if I'm playing very bad right now, you know, that's cool, man. I, no problem. Uh, you know, I'm still fighting. I'm still here. Uh, I'm still fighting. I'm still improving. Um, you know, and not only that, but, you know, I don't evaluate my uh, my career based off uh, my personal success. You know, if we're playing bad and we're winning, you know, I am absolutely happy. Um, the games that bother me the most is when I play bad and we lose because I know uh, maybe I could have made a difference by not playing as bad as I did. Um, so to that question, you know, why am I playing so badly right now? I would say that, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, um, part of the game. Have, it is. Have, it have is, bad man. stretches. It is. It is, man. Um, it's it's uh, it's a team right now as well. Uh, you you guys are struggling kind of really since the Tenerife loss in the final playoffs game. You guys have lost four or five. Um, three of those have been at home. You did win at Basconia, uh, but you lost uh, you know against teams that most you know most people would probably say you should win. Uh, Fuenlabrada and Aquensa. Um, you know maybe what do you what do you think's been happening? Man, uh, you know, we've had a tough stretch, man. Like I said, we had a tough stretch. Um, you know, you would say it started at Tenerife. I would say it started when uh, when we when COVID hit us, man. Mm-hmm. Because think about it. You know, COVID hits us. Uh, we lose half of our team. Uh, so the other half has to uh, basically play for 12 people. And, um, you know, we, we use, like I said, our, our strength is in our numbers. So when you take our numbers away, man, it it really hurts us, man. So uh, those guys that remain, we had to kind of double up, man. We had to double up. So we had to do twice the load that that we were used to doing to to make up for our down teammates. Uh, So while our teammates were down, we were taking on twice the load. Uh, When our teammates came back, uh, we were kind of burnt from taking on twice the load. And they were fresh and they were out of rhythm. So they come back and they're trying to get their rhythm. So basically they have to now carry us because we're dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so they have to turn around and try to carry us and they don't have the rhythm to do it. Um, you know, it just threw off our team dynamic, man. And um, and then, you know, not only that, but we had to cancel games for, for COVID. We had to cancel some games. So when you reschedule these games, now we go from playing twice a week to where we're playing – you know, we're playing three games in seven days. Yeah, you had the 8th, you the know, 11th, the 15th, oh. the 18th, and 24th. You play again uh, tomorrow and uh, on Sunday. Man, we're playing tomorrow, we're tomorrow playing Sunday. Every Basically day, every, like, every two, three days, yeah. Right. It's like we have changed from, you know, from the schedule. Now, we're, we're like an NBA team. We're playing every other day. Uh, you know, something that we're not accustomed to doing, nor nor could we really consta- uh, uh, nor could we really sustain um, you know, so shoot, that comes along with it, man. We're 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 tired, man. We're beat. We're beat. Uh, we've been traveling. We've been on the road. We've been playing good teams. We've been playing, you know, teams that are not so good. And I think that's why you see the inconsistency right now. Um, right now, we're very inconsistent, man. Because I, I I would think it all started with COVID. But you know, this hey, this is basketball, man. This is this is a part of this is a part of it. This is a part of the game. Um, you know, so I think that that kind of started our inconsistencies, man. And and since then, man, we we've just been trying to stay above water, man. We've been trying to fight, trying to fight our way out of it and gain our rhythm without having the practice time to be able to do it. Um, you know, I think it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, you know, but right now, all we can do, man, we got to keep our heads down and keep fighting yeah. because uh, 
now that we have kind of made it through our postponed games to where our schedule was stacked, now we can kind of catch our breath and and uh, get back our rhythm and get back our chemistry that 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 we had had before before this stuff kind of hit us. Yeah, and you have three more games to do that. You play at at Gran Canaria, then home against uh, Betis, and then uh, at Bilbao. Uh, let's, let's get back to the final eight. Uh, next up is, is Halone. You know, they're kind of, um, you know, kind of having a magical season, uh, no pressure, no home crowd really for either team. You know, Nizni might even, uh, be in their favor since they're sort of unorth, uh, since they're kind of the underdogs, you know, they, they have an, an unorthodox, uh, way of playing, um, I know you have, you know, the three games before that, so it kind of seems like a long way. But you know, maybe what do you think about that matchup? Um, to be honest, man, I haven't thought about the matchup at all. <laughs> uh, like I said, man, we we we're trying to survive right now. We're trying to find a way to get through what we have on our plate. But um, you know, I haven't thought about the matchup at all, man. I I, I don't know anything about them yet. Um, you know, so I I, re- I honestly couldn't give you some something valuable uh, with without cheating, uh, without cheating them. And, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that because I don't I don't think I don't think that's fair for me to do. Um, what about, you know, you guys as defending champions, uh, you know, there'd be a certain pressure. How do you think you guys will handle the pressure of that? Uh, you know, being being the champions, you know, I, I think they're they're come some pressure with that but you know i don't i don't know if we're i think we're still underdogs going into this um you know i i don't know i don't think we're i mean i don't really know but i don't think we're tabbed as the favorites um honestly i don't think it really even matters um like these eight teams that i see man i think all of them are having very special seasons and uh, you know, man, I if you could ever say that that it's a toss up, you know, I think now would be the time where you could say, man, it really is a toss up. I don't think you, you know, if somebody was to get out there and have a confident bet as to who they would pick, man, I think that would be a tough one to to gamble on. Um, you know, so I think we're trying to the way we're trying to approach it is that, man, we are the underdogs and we have everything to prove, uh, just like what we did in Athens. You brought you know, it. I think that's the best way to approach it. You brought it up. Uh, you wrote, you, you hoisted the trophy in Ath- in Athens. Um, you know, what would it be like to, to win it again? Be the first team to repeat the, repeat the, the, the title. Back to back would be amazing, man. Back to back would be amazing. It would be amazing for us as players, as, you know, coaches, as an organization, it, it would be amazing. Um, you know, but I don't, I, I try not to get too far ahead of myself, but, um, you know, man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to do that, especially in our current state right now. Um, We have a lot of things that we need to figure out before we even make it to that point. Uh, But but to be able to do that, man, would be amazing. It would be an amazing feat, Uh, you know, holding three trophies in one year. You know, that's not something I've ever done. Uh, you know, so I would definitely be looking forward to that. But like I said, man, I, it's a I, long I'll ways away. Too far. Yeah. I, I never get too far ahead of myself, man. We got to take it day by day. Yeah. All right. Alex Renfro from Heredia San Pablo Burgos. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, hopefully everybody uh, gets, stays healthy and you guys make it to uh, Nizhny Novgorod. Okay. 
And good luck I there. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. And, uh, man, we'll see what happens, man. We're looking forward to it, though. And to finish off the trio of interviews, uh, here is Ish Wainwright from Sig Strasberg. So on the show uh, this week as well, we have Ish Wainwright from uh, Sig Strasberg. Uh, Ish, thanks for taking some time. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. It's an honor to be on the show. I've uh, been watching it for, for a minute, so um, thank you for having me. Let, let, let's start with, because this is uh, sort of the, the preview, I guess, one of the preview uh, episodes uh, for the Final Eight. You know, this was the goal going in uh, to get uh, to the Final Eight. Uh, you are going to be going to Nizhny Novgorod. How's it feel to to have at least uh, gotten there um, uh, and, and that achieve that, at least that part of the goal? Oh, man, it feels amazing. Uh, last year, uh, playing with Vesta, we, we lost the, I think the game to get us to the playoffs, um, against Burgos, uh, San Pablo Burgos, a great team. Um, but no, getting, getting this far, it means a lot, man. Uh, a lot of teams have, it's a lot of great teams, um, especially in the, the past round of 16 teams and being one of the eight teams to make it. I mean, it's a big accomplishment, not for just myself, but for Sig Strasburg, um, to, Show that Six Strasburg is, is, you know, a great, a great organization, a great team. So it's an honor. Um, we had uh, your teammate Bonzi Colson on the show uh, after his uh, crazy three-pointer at the buzzer uh, to start the season. <laughs> How long ago does that feel? <laughs> that actually, that actually feels like months, like, uh, like the beginning of the season. Uh, this season is probably the longest season out of my three years that I've been probably the longest season, I feel like. So, I mean, it, it, I feel like the beginning of the season. I can remember the game, but, man, come to think about it, that feels just like it hasn't been like last year, to be honest. <laughs> uh, let, let's kind of cruise through the 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 um, uh, the season. You, go, you guys, you won the group, and, uh, and then you – the first group, and then you were at the playoffs. You lost at uh, at Turk Telecom to start, and then also lost at home to Nizhny Novgorod, and then at Ike. And you guys were sitting there at zero and three. And obviously, with Turk Telecom and Ike being you know pretty big teams, and, and Nizhny uh, kind of sneaking up, and uh, you know at that point being three and zero, you know you guys are sitting there with zero and three. Okay, it was quote only a seven point loss against Turk Telecom, and only nine to Ike, which are both doable, but what's sort of the mentality of the team at 0-3 in a, in a group with only six games? We had nothing to lose. That was our mentality. Um, uh, especially the first game against Ike. I mean, the first game against Turk, I wasn't able to travel. Uh, I was I was at home. and I, had, I was in quarantine, so uh, watching that game, uh, that actually, you know, put a little fire at that Add a fuel to the fire. We uh, have a game that we feel like we should have won, um, but zero and three. That's a that's always a tough a tough uphill battle. And uh, with the guys that we have and the leadership of Dre and you know uh, just everything, uh, our mentality as individuals all came in you know came together as one. And we we still talk about to this day. We were really zero and three to start the the playoff and playing against those tough teams, Turk and Ike and, you know, Nizhny, those teams are amazing. And, you know, finishing three and three 
was a big accomplishment, man. That 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 gave us a lot of confidence and it propelled us to even, you know, keep going. Even in the French League, it, it carried over to the French League. So, yeah, it's tough, but it was fun. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get to the final eight again in a while. Uh, but one of the things we like to, to do uh, with our guests, we like to kind of introduce them to to the to the fans and uh so want to go back you're, you're from kansas city um and uh many people might not know that actually kansas city had an nba team uh back until 1985 when the kansas city kings went to sacramento um you know maybe maybe uh i know a little bit about your background that come up in the next question but how did basketball find you Basketball found me. Well, actually, I was <laughs> basketball in my blood. I mean, my dad, my my uncle, my my sister, uh, everybody in my family played basketball. Uh, my mother, um, and it just it found me at birth. <laughs> to be honest, born and raised around it. My dad used to lock us in the gym. We used to play one on one from I don't even know the age that I started. To be honest. Um, but it found me. Don Bosco was a was a stumping ground. Uh, it's a well known gym in Kansas City. Um, yeah, Greg Center, uh, Granat down in Granat playing down there and everywhere. I mean, it's, it's just, it found me. <laughs> My dad introduced me and I picked it up, picked up the basketball and hadn't stopped. That, you know, people know Philly and, and New York and Chicago, um, you know, Seattle, uh, New York, obviously. Um, what about Kansas City basketball? Kansas City basketball, I mean, it's, it's, it's underrated. I'm going to tell you, it's, 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 it's so underrated. Uh, you can find a great player everywhere in every gym in Kansas City, outside on the court. Um, and I feel like, uh, yes, it's, you know, in, uh, New York is a mecca, but uh, Kansas City, we, we actually have great players. I mean, even guys now <laughs> still have great players. Your your younger brother played, uh, and as you know, you you talking to everybody. Also, your grandfather, um, Maurice King, uh, played at Kansas. Uh, I I, yeah. I guess even the first black starter at Kansas, and was a teammate there with uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Is uh, what I've what I've done in my research. Uh, played in the NBA a little bit. Uh, you know, we're talking back in the you know fifties, early sixties. Um, any any favorite stories of his basketball wise? Um, no, not yet. I'm waiting till I get home to talk to talk to my uncle more, my uncle more about that. Um, but winning the championship with the Boston Celtics, that that's the main story that I've heard. And, um, I can honestly say my grandfather was a national champion, was a, was a world champion, basically. Uh, he won a championship with the Boston Celtics, Celtics with, um, yeah, with that team. So, uh, I mean, I think it was 50, 59 or 60 around that time. 59 or 60, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I've heard stories. I've heard stories from his teammates uh, that he was a he was an amazing guy, and I'm looking forward to hearing more from my uncle. So I, I can't wait. <laughs> Basketball role models growing up for you, who were who are they? Basketball role and, models growing up. Yeah. Marcus Demon, basketball role model. Uh, he's playing in China right now. Uh, you have uh, Brandon Rush, Kareem Rush, uh-huh. um, Tyron right. Lu, Earl Watson. Uh, the guys from Kansas City, uh, Ramon Fletcher, George Good, Victor Williams. Um, yeah, guys that that didn't even make it to Division One basketball, uh, but but was still my idols growing up. I mean, guys, I used to go to the gym. Like I said, my dad was a coach. My dad, you know, locked us all in the gym and just watching guys play. Um, and so my role models are guys from Kansas City. 
you know, Michael Dixon's and, uh, you know, guys like that. Those are my role models. I still look up to them to this day. Still talk to them all to this day. So those are all my role models. You know, they open up the doors to me. So Anthony Peelers, you know, <laughs> Peeler. those guys. Name everybody knows so. here in Europe, too. Uh-huh. Anthony Peelers, you know. <laughs> uh, let, yeah. let, let's jump to April 5th, 2021. Uh, was wondering how much you slept that night. And uh, if you maybe woke up your neighbors uh, with all of your screams <laughs> as you saw the Baylor Bears hit one three-pointer after the next uh, to win their uh, their first NCAA title. Oh, I'm surprised I didn't get anybody called. I'm surprised nobody <laughs> called the cops on me. Oh, I'm really surprised. Um, but, oh, my gosh, that's, that was a historical night. Um, and that meant everything to not just me and that, that was to the whole national, that was the whole Baylor nation. Um, I didn't get any sleep <laughs> to be honest. I'm going to be completely honest. I, I came back and I got some sleep, uh, throughout the day, but that night I couldn't sleep. It was impossible for me to sleep. Yeah. So. How, how much did it mean to you? I mean, you, 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 uh, uh not, not only, not only, you know, to you as someone, uh, who gave two, but also learned so much from from Coach Scott Drew. That I, I woke up saying I'm a national championship, so that that mm-hmm. tells everything. I mean, Coach Drew texts us all, and get you know after after a team wins the national championship, you expect no text messages. You just expect, expect people to, you know, just you know going about the day. But receiving that text message from Coach Drew, Coach Tang, the whole coaching staff, and you know, uh, just just thinking they're thanking us while we're supposed to be thanking them, but they're thanking us for the, you know, the foundation that the guys before me and also myself uh, laid. So, I mean, it means everything. And I can't wait to go and celebrate. I, I can't celebrate with them, but I can't wait to go down to Waco this summer and, you know, just, just tell them that, you know, I meant everything. I just, words can't explain how much that, that meant to not just me, but all the other guys that came and played for uh, Coach Drew. During your time there, you reached two Sweet 16s. You lost to Wisconsin uh, with Sam Decker. Uh, I'm sure you had a nice memory of that in the Turk Telecom game. Uh, in 2014, 2017, uh, you guys uh, actually became the uh, number one in the country for the first time in school history. Also reached the, um, the Sweet 16 that year. Um, maybe a favorite memory or two from your playing there, uh, playing basketball there. My first, my the main memory that I think my freshman year uh, was actually getting the game against at Creighton. Uh, when we played against Creighton and Doug McDermott, we 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 was winning and Coach put us all in. At that time, I was down. I was you know wasn't playing a lot and put me in like the last three minutes of the game and I got a dunk and and everybody was surprised. I'm sitting on the bench for the whole game and got got the three minutes left and got a dunk and that just that's probably one of my favorite memories. Um, because it was my first, it was a sweet, it, you know, sweet 16 going in, it was a game taking us to the sweet 16. Um, and my first NCAA tournament experience that, and then also just beating UC, uh, USC to go to the sweet 16 my senior year and becoming number one in the nation. Um, just that whole, my whole senior year. I mean, I know everybody have a great senior year, but I feel like I had the best senior year. Like it was the best year of my life as far as basketball. Uh, being with a group of guys and winning and becoming the first team in you know history of Baylor, become number one in the country. Um, that feeling was amazing. Even though we lost 24 hours later, 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's West Virginia, but but still, we we you still we, have number one, man. You still have that to hang on. Still, <laughs> still is number one, which I mean, you can never take that away from us, and you can never take that away from the guys. Um, so I mean, just it's so many memories. It's so many memories. Went into battle for Atlantis um, that year, also. You know, playing against uh, Miles Briggs and uh, Michigan State and the, uh, Donovan Mitchell and then Louisville and. You know, those guys, playing against those guys, that, that whole weekend was a blast. And winning that, you know, that so many memories. I can go, I can keep going on and on. Um, but those memories will forever be with me and Bailey will ever be in my, uh, my heart. So, you, you, not, you not only have basketball memories with, uh, at Baylor, you also have football memories, uh, American football. Uh, you, you saw your former basketball teammate, Rico Gathers, get drafted in the, in the NFL. Um, and I guess it had been about 10 years since you played football. Um, and mm -hmm. then, uh, you got, uh, you got a call from, from the football coach, uh, uh, if, if you didn't want to maybe try, this is after you've done your four years, uh, in wow. basketball, if you didn't want to maybe try a year of uh, football playing as tight end, uh, maybe what was the, uh, what was the final, uh, what was the final reason? You know, what, what was the, 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 the biggest reason why you, you wanted to give it a try? Uh, I want to step out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to step out of my comfort zone and see if I can do it. You know, put myself in somebody else's shoes for once, and and you know, play a different sport. And I mean, you never knew. It was like a, it was a all or nothing. Um, now I can say at least I at least I tried. You know, um, at the time I you know I had my daughter, and so I was like, okay, I have to do something to, you know, put food on the table and provide. Let's see if I can do this. If not then playing back to plan A. And that was actually basketball. And I have a few memories with that. You know, I scored a I scored two touchdowns. I was gonna say, I was gonna say. So I mean you had you had all this success on the on the hard court. It didn't quite translate on the on the uh, on the gridiron, huh? So one in one in eleven record, you um you you caught four passes, two touchdowns. Um, and then you, but you also, I mean, football is huge in Texas and you got to, you got to experience two of the state rivalries. So you played against TCU and Texas Tech, Texas mm -hmm. Tech. So, you know, first it's your first love is what you, I've seen you say, um, despite all the losing, how much fun was it uh, playing football? Oh my God. It was so fun. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Like just running, not practice wasn't fun. I'm not going to lie to you. Practices was not fun, <laughs> but when you run out of that tunnel mm. into thousands and thousands. It's not like basketball. Thousands of thousands. Yeah, Texas, of, uh, Texas, uh, Texas, Texas football is, is crazy. It is crazy. When we ran out of the tunnel at TCU and the whole, a whole stadium went crazy, you know, especially at McLean stadium. When we, the first game of the season, they, it was a, I guess, uh, a sold out game. And that feeling was ridiculous. Like I could, I get goosebumps talking about that. Um, and then, I mean, scoring a touchdown, you know, <laughs> I get goosebumps for scoring. I mean, senior night, Iowa State scored a touchdown, senior night. <laughs> and then going to KU and, and catching a fade uh, touchdown at KU, and the crowd goes crazy, you know, like <laughs> the crowd, the KU fans cheer for me. So that, that, that right there, I mean, that meant a lot, and that was – I will never forget those memories with that, even though I feel like I was terrible at football, but at least I did something good. <laughs>
so you did end up returning to basketball, uh, ended up uh, going to the German second league, uh, pro A with uh, Nuremberg. Um, maybe what did you learn from football that helped you then when you came back to basketball? Uh, just, just, you know, I mean, I was still physical. I was a physical defender and everything, uh, before football, uh, but it allowed me to, I was, uh, I just used the strength, the strength. It kind of carried over a little bit and it actually put me in a good position to, you know, play, play against, uh, bigger guys and being able to hold my own against guys bigger than me. I'm a big guy, but I've been playing against guys bigger than me. So I'm, I'm saying that right there and just having the mindset to just uh, keep going. You know, it's times, there's days where your body might be hurting, but I look back to those football days when you have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning to go, go practice, you know? <laughs> so I mean, just, it's just it's a different mindset. Just telling your body that you can do it, tell your mind that you can do it and keep going. That's something that I took away from football. And then you made the jump to Fechter, Rasta Fechter, uh, played last season in the BCL uh, with uh, really some, some, uh, really some fantastic fun guys to 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 watch, and I'm sure to play with too, with uh, Steve Asturia, Trevor Simpson, yeah. Kamari Murphy, and then also to play for a guy like uh, Pedro Callas. Uh, you guys beat Ike in Athens. Uh, you guys played great teams like Jerusalem, Burgos, uh, Bandirma. Um, you, you finished fifth in the group and weren't able to make it, uh, you had six wins, uh, just maybe your, your thoughts in general about that BCL experience, uh, last season. Oh my, I feel like that was the best group in BCL last year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Teams and history. And you just, you named, you named top eight teams, teams that. <laughs> and that was Ben Dierma before they let, let all their guys go to it. Yes, like you, you just our pool was the basically playoffs. Mm. Um, but winning some of those games and playing against some of those guys, you know, Earl Clark, you know, playing as Earl Clark last year was was a eye opener because that you know watching him play in the league and then trans- his game transferring over to you know overseas, you know, you watch him get drafted and this and that. He was a great player. Then having to hold him, it was like okay. Now I put myself in in a situation where I have to get better because I mean I'm playing against somebody that's better. So playing against him and playing against guys like you know Keith Lane for growing up and watching him playing at, at KU, you know, taking every you know taking bits and pieces of those games, it, it helped. It trans it you know it helped us as a team with Besha and also as individuals it helped us all. So yeah, that that was a great group and history in every team that we played against in that group. You know and being the small team in Besta, we actually made history too. So, you know, that was just a historical season, historical pool. <laughs> um, obviously moved then to Strasbourg. Uh, what, um, what was, what made you decide on, on, on six Strasbourg? Um, it was a great situation. I mean, coach Lassie, he's a young coach. He, he understands mm-hmm. that he, he is his first go around. And so I told, we talked on the phone before I signed and said, Hey, well, let's go together. You know, I'm, I, I consider myself still a rookie, and he still considers himself a rookie. So I say, hey, let's be two rookies on a come up. <laughs> you know, so um, I love I love what he's you know what he's doing and what you know his goal is his goals and also Nikola, uh, the GM and or you know the yeah, the GM basically. And I mean, I just love their situation. I love the players that they brought in. Um, watch film on the guys and you know talk to the guys. And I mean, yeah, we have a great group. Look at us now and. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it's no other place to be right now. Uh, Strasburg is not your only team. 
uh, early on in the 2020-21 season in November, you uh, you made your way to play uh, for Uganda uh, at the FIBA AfroBasket 2021 qualifiers in Egypt. Uh, I, I guess first off, how did you get the contact to play for Uganda, and what did you think about it? Um, actually, I, I believe it was Mike Smith, Mike Smith and uh, Coach George. They they got it all situated in uh, nationalized player. Um, but that experience was, it's just so much. I can say so much. The guy, the team is just amazing. And not just playing for, you know, just for a, a trip to Afrobasket, playing for a country. Um, the tougher games, you know, Egypt is an amazing team. Cape Verde is an amazing team in Morocco. You know, you hear those names growing up. It's like, man, those are, you know, Olympic teams, basically. So, I mean, just that whole experience was an eye-opener and also a blessing to be a part of just a family. Uganda is not just a team, it's a family uh, playing for one goal, you know, playing for that country. So, so I, it was a blessing, man. And the games, it's just crazy. Well, let's go to the games. So you lost by eighteen, by 19 in the, in the first game against Egypt, which is obviously one of the best teams uh, on the continent. And then you beat uh, Morocco and Cape Verde. In the in the last game, thirty six points, seventeen rebounds, seven assists. Um, I, I mean, it's definitely your best game since high school. <laughs> Did you have that thirty six, seventeen, and seven in high school? I mean, Mount uh, Montrose Christian, you know, has had some some pretty big names. I, I don't know, maybe I don't know if you did you even get a, a thirty six, seventeen, and seven there. <laughs> In high school, no. In AAU, yes. I'm in AAU, sure. okay, that's right. AAU, yeah. AAU for sure. Yeah. AAU for sure. I probably had something like that, but not yeah. in high school and not in college, and for sure not in college. What did that feel like? <laughs> I mean, this is then sort of the ultimate. But, I am the man. If you, I mean, you know, if you uh, that that put a big bulls on my back, but I mean, then again, I don't really care about that. I I just wanted to win, and I told I told the whole team that I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. And shots was falling. And as you know, I don't shoot a lot of shots like mm. that. So, I mean, it's just confidence. My confidence is up. It was up and it still is up. Um, and, I mean, we just wanted to win. And I didn't even know I had that many points, to be honest, until after the game. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. It was, it just, it was unreal. Um, the guys was – if you watch that game, it was just unreal. Like, I, it's like a – that was like a dream. But – then again, we just wanted to win. We still want to win in the next round. And we the makeup games that we had, we just want to win. <laughs> so there, that's the next question. So the the games against uh, Egypt, uh, Morocco, and Cape Verde uh, are scheduled to take place uh, sometime between June fifteenth and June and July fifteenth. Don't know where. Um, is the plan to to play there? Uh, and then you For know sure. what what would it mean to get. Uh, a, a, to get Uganda back to the uh, Afro basket now, it would be a third time in a row for them. That would be the best feeling in the world. At You know, uh, like I said, it's not just for myself, it's for the whole country of Uganda. Um, I don't care less what it does for me. It's just that, that country, that Uganda, I want, I want people to understand that Uganda is not, is not just, you know, this is not what people think it's a, it's an amazing country. They amazing people. They have, you know, they have the passion for everything that they do and getting them back to Afro baskets is something is something that, you know, would be a blessing. 
would be something that I could we would cherish. I would cherish for the rest of my life, you know. So just I, like I said, we just want to win. We want to have fun and win, and that's the mentality: have fun and win, and and just show them what Uganda is capable of doing. All right, man. Time for a Uganda test. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> um, Uganda is bordered by five countries. Can you name them? I believe. I believe Rwanda is one of them for sure. Yes. <laughs> one down, four to go. You're shooting. You're shooting twenty percent. Come on, let's get that free throw percentage up. Uh, I think Kenya is right. Yes. There Kenya to South the east. Sudan. South is is uh, is Rwanda. South Sudan. Yep, heard and that. South Sudan. I, I'm, I'm going to take a Okay, let me close my eyes. It's to the west. It's to I the think. west and to the south. I don't even know. <laughs> it's all right, man. <laughs> is it, it? Okay, so, okay, okay. It, is it Kenya? Kenya had already. Kenya had already. So you have Kenya, South, uh, South Kenya. Sudan, and Rwanda. The other two, uh, I'll give them to you. Uh, Democratic Republic yeah, of Congo. Okay, okay. And Tanzania. All right. Yeah, I don't think I would have got those. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> hey, you got three. You're sh- hey, if you're if you're a baseball remember, player, you're betting six hundred, man. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> I remember them talking about it. We were talking about it at at, uh, at lunch one time. So yeah, those are two the two right. that popped up. All right, you got to have two official languages. What are they? Um. What's their language? Uganda? Uh, what's the language? What's... I know it's not English. Well, English is the official language. <laughs> yeah. English well, that's why you were. That's why you're surprised that everybody speaks English. <laughs> yes, English is one of them. And then uh, their natural their language. I don't know what it's called. You've heard of it before, though. You... I'm sure you have. Also, besides being, uh, uh, it's Swahili. That that's the official language. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, the flag. <laughs> the flag. What three colors are on the Uganda flag? And I'll give you an extra point if you can tell me why. What the colors mean? <laughs> oh, black, black. I don't know. Is yellowish, goldish? That's like yellow and red. Yeah, and good. I cannot tell you what their color. That's I mean, okay. what they I mean. I cannot tell you what. Yeah, what they so mean. the black is the native ethnic groups of Africa. The yellow okay. is Africa's sunshine, and red is African brotherhood. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to uh, tell my captain he he owed me dinner because he didn't tell me all that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's uh, and it was adopted in 1962. And the national symbol, the gray crowned crane, is in the white circle. Last question for yeah. uh, last question for on Uganda. Uh, what is the nickname of the Ugandan basketball national team? Of course, this football soccer team is the Cranes. But what? Silver back. There you go. Good job. Good job. <laughs> you 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 won your you won your uh, you won it all back. Um, we like to have our we like to have our fans uh, ask some give a, give them a chance to ask some questions. Uh, Flor uh, Florentine Steinmetz. Uh, says, do you like Strasbourg? Is a contract extension possible? There was another question asking about if you want to stay in Strasbourg. <laughs> Strasbourg is an amazing city. 
And I wish I wish that this COVID, you know, wouldn't have happened because I'm pretty sure the, the fan I know the fan base is amazing. Um, I, I've seen games where the fans were were outstanding. Um, as far as the second question, we will be talking to Nicola, and I mean that's that's I haven't really been paying attention to the next season. Um, it's it, it's a possibility, but uh, I'll put everything in the God's hands when it comes to uh, the future. You know, so sure, sure. Uh, I found this one interesting. It's from Emir Ozerdem. Uh, I, I don't, I don't even know if you know this, but uh, what do you think of the BCL and Twitch partnering up to uh, cover the Six Strasbourg games? That was fun because remember the first game that I was in Turk, I, I, I didn't go to Turk. I watched the game on Twitch, and okay. only thing I know about Twitch is the streaming, gaming. You know, a lot of gamers, a lot of NBA guys, NFL guys, and. Uh, MLB guys and, you know, just big time guys, they uh, stream their games online. So being able to watch that game and also being able to comment, um, I think it's a it's a great deal that they're doing uh, with that. And I pray that they continue to do such things. Um, I also wish that they would do that in, you know, broadcasting in the States because, you know, sometimes I think it's, it's kind of tough for some people in the States to, you know, link link to the Twitch out here. But I'm pretty sure they'll work on that. They'll get that done. But I like it. I really do. Cool. That, I also, I downloaded the app because of it. You know, I never downloaded the app until that happened. So, yeah. <laughs> um, let's let's kind of get back to BCL. Uh, so, game you have on Friday with uh, AS Monaco, Euro Cup finalist Sunday uh, is Rouen. Tuesday is uh, the Euro League team, Asvel. Thursday, you're at. Uh, Bozlak, uh, I was looking at that. It's probably not a very nice road trip. Uh, they're way down in southwest France. Um, so you still have four games uh, before the before the final eight. Uh, the, the, the way I questioned this is how will those games, I mean, you're still fighting to, you know, maybe get into the second spot that definitely uh, keep a home court advantage in the playoffs. How will those games help you get ready for Tenerife? Confidence, 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 um, and also collective basketball. I mean, um, we like there's four games to get better. That's four games. That's four more games. Now I don't know how many games that Tennessee has, um, but that's four more games for you know Six Prosper to get better, um, get more shots up, get more you know reps into plays that we, you know, different plays, new plays, whatever, whatever, coach. You know, has us do. I'm pretty sure Tenerife is going. To, they're they're uh, ACB team. You know, they can switch up anything. So, you know, we just have to know our personnel. That gives us, you know, a couple of weeks to know our personnel, um, know what guys can do and what they can do. Um, so, yeah, just conf- and also, you know, like I said, confidence. You know. So. All right, the elephant in the room. Thursday, May six, in Nizhny Novgorod, uh, Lanova, Tenerife, 19, uh, 2017 BCL champs. They reached the final 2019, uh, have a number of weapons, have a number of different ways to, to beat you, uh, to beat any team. Uh, not that you guys don't. Um, what will it take to to beat them? Uh, play our game. Um, and that's what, that's what we've been doing. We're just playing our game. I mean, get up and down the court. Uh, I know the guys, they have, they have a big team. You know, we just have to play our game and, uh, know our personnel, know our know their personnel. So, um, Tenerife is an amazing team. You know, you hear you, 
like I said, I said another from last year carrying over this year, it's another historical team, uh, historical pool uh, that we're in. And so Tenerife is an amazing team. They have great, great chemistry as a team, as what I know and what I've seen um, without even, you know, going and looking at them right now. Um, just have to just play our game uh, and play together. You guys are, are not going to Nizhny Novgorod uh, just to make up the numbers, not just to be there. Mm -hmm. um, why don't you complete the sentence for me? Sig Strasburg will win the 2021 BCL title because? Because we won it more than everybody else. All we right. have nothing to lose. We, 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 <laughs> we are a bunch of guys that, you know, that grind – We've been grinding since day one, you know, so we want it more than everybody else. And you've been fun since day one watching uh, with uh, Bonzi Colson hitting that shot-ish. Uh, oh, yeah. Wainwright, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, have, hopefully everybody uh, stays healthy and uh, makes it to Nizhny Novgorod uh, all, all well. And good luck there and uh, good luck uh, down the road. Uh, thank you, and I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. Fantastic. Thank you for all of the uh, people who put in questions. It's always fun to have uh, have the fans get a chance to ask the, the players, coaches, functionaries uh, questions, check out what's on their mind. Um, always always a little bit different, refreshing uh, than, than, uh, than a journalist's question. Uh, uh, I always I always uh, have fun with those questions, and it's always fun when when a player uh, hijacks the uh, the questions. Um, yeah, so like I said, uh, we we're going to talk more in depth about the draw in the uh, in the coming shows. Uh, next week we're going to have uh, interviews uh, with the three remaining teams; those being Tenerife, Saragossa, and Nizhny Novgorod. Uh, those interviews will be coming up next week. So you can look forward to those, and then the there's one final show before the final final eight, and uh, that's probably where we're gonna really go into the breakdown of uh, of the of the final eight, and uh, probably make some picks, and uh, so definitely look forward to that. So that's the show this week. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. The handle is at basketballcl. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on, on all of your podcast catchers. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out the mobile app. The email address is info at championsleague.basketball. All of the articles, everything else is on championsleague.basketball. All the games are on live, basketball.tv, both live and on demand. And check out uh, FIBA and the Champion Basketball Champions League on Twitch. So with that, we wish you a pleasant week. Uh, hope you enjoyed the hope you enjoyed the show and the interviews, and we will talk to you next week.